1: Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're here working on your financial freedom. On today's show, I want to talk a little bit about those those retirement accounts that you have out there. You know, that's that's where you're sticking your money. It comes out of your paycheck automatically, and in many cases, it is going into some type of nebulous fund. You're being charged fees and commissions on that money, and then it sits in that retirement account. Well, it's really more of a savings account. Um, and in many cases it's it's invested into the stock market and you don't have a lot of control over what the funds are doing, nor do you have a lot of control over um, how your money's invested because it's all set up on on different schedules. So what I want to talk about today is I want to I'm gonna be like the doom and gloom guy today. I'm gonna Take a SWAT at uh, some of these uh, retirement accounts out there, these 401ks, these uh, traditional and Roth IRAs, and what I want to bring out is I want to bring out the information your financial planner didn't bother to tell you. Um, now, nothing against financial planners; they're they're great people. I I know, I know plenty of financial planners. They're they're all great Americans. They you know they get up, they go to work, they do what they can to take care of their families, and you know they're they're making a way and that wage comes in the form of you know um, money that is earned based on fees and commissions based on what they're doing with your money so it gets a little nebulous that way but let's get into these 401 Ks and let's let's talk about some of the reasons why uh, maybe a 401k is the worst account to have your money in if you're planning for retirement now I'm going to be the first one to tell you. Your money should be in real estate. Um, your money should be in residential income-producing real estate. Uh, we've we've talked in nauseam on this show about the five different ways you make money in real estate versus the one way you make money in in stocks. Maybe a second way if, if you know if you bought stocks that uh, are providing some type of uh, distribution. But when it comes to investing in real estate, I mean we get we get money five different ways, and and the the biggest one is cash flow. I'll tell you, cash flow is king. And it's that cash flow that comes in on a recurring basis, uh, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly, however it comes in, it comes in and it keeps coming in. And you don't necessarily have to do any additional work to get that money coming in. That's the beautiful thing about cash flow. Now, we also have a little thing called appreciation. You know, Real estate has a tendency to double every 10 to 20 years. Um, now, it, it it doubles faster in some areas, it doubles slower in many other areas, but you know, traditionally we've seen that appreciation does tend to occur and it does tend to double every 10 to 20 years depending on what markets you're you're investing in and depending on what assets you're you're investing in. So that's that's a really good thing to know also. Now, <clears throat> there's a little thing called Equity capture. Now, what equity capture is, it's it's as simple as this: you buy a property that has an after repair value of a certain amount of money, but you're able to acquire that property at a, at a wholesale price. You're able to acquire it for less money. You put money into the property for uh, repairs to get that property up to the standard of the neighborhood, and when the dust all settles, it's the difference between what the after repair value of that property is minus whatever leverage you. Put on that property normally a 75% loan. So the difference between the two is the amount of equity that you've captured. Now the neat thing about equity that you've captured is it goes on your bottom line on your personal financial statement. It is considered wealth, and that is a beautiful thing. Um, it is that wealth that helps to to grow your your assets. It is that wealth that helps to position you to a place in retirement that you're going to be very, very satisfied with. Now, one of the other ways that we make money is with principal pay down. Now, principal pay down is something that just naturally occurs um, when your tenant makes that monthly payment to you, and they make that monthly payment on time because you found a quality tenant that does things in accordance with the lease that they've signed they're going to pay you a monthly rent payment. Now You're going to turn around, and you're going to make uh, the, the appropriate payments that affect that property. The, the biggest one is, is the mortgage. And In that mortgage payment, you're, you're probably going to pay taxes and insurance through an impound account, which is totally fine. It's the easiest way to do it. You might as well have the impound account. As a matter of fact, most lenders require you to have the impound account, so there's really no wiggle room there. Um, but trust me, that's, that's a good thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but when your tenant makes that payment and you turn around and you make that principal and interest payment on the mortgage, that principal payment is paying down uh, the principal that you owe on that property. Now, in the beginning, that that amount is very little, and over time, that money increases because we deal with amortized loans in real estate. And With amortized loans, the the interest is paid normally right up front, and then it gradually decreases decreases over the time that you hold the property kind of a good deal for the banks if you think about it because the reality is that they own you they they loan you a hundred thousand dollars you you're probably only going to uh, principally pay down uh, that note by I don't know three to five thousand dollars depending on the note terms and things like that and the rest of that goes to interest now that's that's not a bad thing don't get me wrong I'm not saying that interest is is a terrible thing after all the lender provided you with you know potentially seventy to eighty percent, maybe even more of the money coming into the deals. So you know those are the conditions they come to the table with, and you can either accept them or you can reject them. And I'll tell you, you need to accept them because it's it's good to have a financial p- partner that's coming in with seventy-five to eighty percent of the money you need to actually do the deal. And then of course we have all of the uh, the tax advantages associated with real estate. Um, the fact that you you pay taxes at a capital gains rate as a opposed to an ordinary tax rate. The fact... Excuse me the fact that you, you earn depreciation. And depreciation is kind of a neat thing, because essentially what the, the IRS says is the life of a property is 27 and a half years. Now, w- how they came up with that number, I'm not exactly sure. But what they allow you to do is depreciate the value of that property, not the land, but the improvements on that property over a 27 and a half year period. Basically, what they're saying is you're consuming the property. And by doing that, you get additional tax write-offs even though the property is actually appreciating in price kind of a neat thing huh when we come back from break we'll get into some of these uh, retirement plans and the reasons why they're not in your best interest
0: call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. It's time to turn up the volume and fine-tune your passive income plan so you can create the lifestyle you've always wanted.
1: Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. So, on today's show, I'm going to pick on some of these 401k plans and we're going to talk about some of the disadvantages associated with these plans. Um, I know a lot of you. A lot of you have these plans available to you where you work. Um, A lot of you take a look at them and say, wow, there's matching money. So, if I put a dollar in, my company might match it with $1 or $2 or $3 or whatever that number might be. Um, But I'll tell you, that can be a trap. That really can be a trap. And we'll get into some of the reasons why it's, it's a trap. And I'll tell you what. Uh, in our two-day financial freedom uh, course, we actually spend about an hour talking about these, these particular plans and we kind of blow holes in uh, you know what good that, that match is for you. because when you, when you sit down, and you take a look at the penalties and the tax payments and things like that that you have to make uh, if you take your money out of those plans. Uh, it pretty much erodes the the money that you would have your employer would have put in as as a match. So what what you're really left with is you're really left with your your original nest egg and, and maybe a couple bucks above that. And it's I'll tell you what the return is is not very good when you sit down and you really crack that onion open, but. You know, just about every financial planner I know advises savers, and the key word here is savers, not investors, savers to contribute to their company's four hundred one K plan, or at least enough to receive the the employer's matching contribution. Uh because the the thought process is this that company match is technically quote free money, a, a bonus from the boss man. So so why not cash in if you can, right? And of course, the tax breaks are another potential bonus uh, because the money comes out of your paycheck before taxes are calculated and compounds every year without a bill from Uncle Sam. So investing in a defined uh, contribution plan is bound to make April fifteenth uh, more tolerable. Sounds sounds like a great deal, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what—it's not really a great deal, and, and unless until you're ready to retire, that is. <clears throat> That's when a 401k or a 403b or a traditional IRA suddenly becomes the worst possible retirement plan from a tax perspective a saver could have. And here's why. Let's get into it. So, this is according to Kiplinger. Um, they basically said every distribution you take will be taxed at, a high, at the highest rate. Now, did your financial planner tell you that? Uh, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. I I know they're supposed to disclose information to you, and and maybe they did tell you this, but maybe it just like blew right over your head, and and it just didn't it didn't register at the time they told you this. But when you eventually make withdrawals from a traditional defined contribution plan, you'll have to pay regular income taxes on that amount each year, whether the money came from your contributions, dividends, or from capital gains. And the money... Will be taxed at your income tax rate at the time you withdraw it, whatever that may be. And by the way, the uh, the top marginal tax rate for 2019 uh, is was is was still is 37 uh, percent, and it's, it's possible that that will go down uh, with the the current administration uh, working on trying to to reduce taxes. But you know that's that's all a crapshoot. You know, just turn on the TV and see what's going on in Washington D.C. right now and what they're focused on um you know personally I think they should be focused on trying to reduce our taxes that's that's my, my editorial comment to you and you've you've likely been told, you'll be in a lower tax bracket in retirement, but that isn't necessarily true. As a matter of fact, that's probably not true at all. If, if you keep the same standard of living, you will require about the same amount of income, which means the same tax rate. And in retirement, when your children are grown and gone, those substantial tax deductions um, that, that you have have gone away, you actually might end up with a higher tax bracket. So it's something to definitely consider. It's something to think about. You know when when you sit down with your quote unquote financial planner, and you know you're talking about you know the the dream thing. What is what is retirement going to be? And, and you know they they ha- they hand you a piece of paper and a pen, and they say here write your three top things that, that you want out of retirement. So you say wow I want my I want my million dollar dream home. So you write that down, and then you say you know what I want to be able to to travel when I want to travel. So you you write all that down, um, or maybe. Maybe you say, you know, what I want to do is uh, I want to get myself uh, some nice toys. I want to get myself a big RV with a, be able with the ability for it to pull a boat. So you write all that stuff down, you know. And that stuff takes money. It does take money to acquire. Um, but I'll tell you, what I don't think they're doing is they're sitting down and showing you what the end result for your money is going to look like and what your tax situation is going to look like. Now compare that to real estate. Well I'll tell you what real estate just has a better tax situation it's just It's just the way it is um, when you consider that the majority of Congress, which by the way they are the ones that write the rules for taxation when when you consider that the majority of them heavily in real estate. They're, they're not going to Mickey Mouse around with their their nest egg. They're very happy with what they have. As a matter of fact, uh, they'd probably be even happier if the capital gains rates would go down, because that would keep more money in their pocket. Why do you think I invest in real estate? Uh, why do you think I don't have any of these 401Ks, these 403Bs or anything? I, well, I wouldn't qualify for a 403B, but uh, you know where I'm going. So, you know, here's, here's another drawback to uh, having that, you know, those defined contribution plans like the 401k's or the traditional IRAs there's there's the potential for double taxation and that double taxation is often the norm now what what does that mean well Besides paying income taxes on the money coming out of your retirement plan, depending on how much you would draw each year, you could end up paying more taxes on your Social Security benefits. Didn't know that, did you? Well, here I am to tell you. If, if you're like many retirees, you may not realize that distributions from your retirement plans, uh, with, with the exception Okay, I'll give you the exception of a Roth IRA. They actually count against you when you calculate how much of your Social Security is subject to taxes. Taxation. So you pay tax on your retirement plan distribution and then you pay tax again on more of your Social Security income. Nice little recipe, huh? Yeah. And don't forget if you have capital gains, dividends, and interest from your investments, you may end up paying more taxes on those as well. So, you know. Something to think about. I mean, you really need to sit down and you really need to do some, some deliberate planning. You need to start thinking about what those golden years are going to look like. And, and, you know, are they going to look like, uh, you know, what, what you hope them to look like? Or are they going to wind up looking like uh, a terrible failure because you didn't know what you were doing going into all this stuff? Now, ready or not. You have to withdraw your money when the IRS says you have to withdraw it. Okay. Your traditional defined contribution plan is pretty much the only type of retirement account that requires you to withdraw money even if you don't want to do that. That's right. You heard me correctly. Even if you don't want to take the money out, even if you don't have a need for the money, they make you take it out. The IRS won't allow you to keep retirement funds in your account indefinitely, and you generally generally have to start taking withdrawals by the time you reach 70 and a half. I'll tell you what, I don't like people telling me what to do and when to do with my money. And that's another reason I'm not messing around with these, these so-called um, defined traditional defined contribution plans and i'll tell you what we'll be back right after this with more doom and gloom for you
0: listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is god stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Talk 1370. The right choice. With the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions and help you become financially free.
1: Yeah, and if you do have a question, you feel free to give me a call. It doesn't have to be on this topic, but if you've got a question you would like to, to address to me, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. You can call in at 855 497 4335. Again, that number is 855 497 4335. Also, you know, a, a lot of you listen to uh, this radio show. It might be on a d- delayed broadcast, or it might be on a, uh, a podcast. That doesn't prevent you from getting in touch with me. Uh, all you need to do is send me an email at askal at luinc dot com. That's askal at luinc dot com. The luinc stands for Lifestyles Unlimited Incorporated, in case you were wondering. And I, I read every email that comes in. Uh, I don't have somebody doing that for me. And when I respond, it is me responding to you. It's so it's it's a it's a one on one conversation. So and by the way for the- those of you that do uh, reach out to me through email. I want to say thank you very much because I get some, some really good questions that you, you ask uh, and I hopefully provide you some really great answers to go with that. Uh, more importantly, uh, you give me good topics for potential show ideas, so I, I do appreciate that because, you know, at the end of the day, this is this is really a radio show for you. This is not a radio show for me. What what we're doing here is we're trying to peel the onion back, so to speak, and and have you understand what is going on with your... Your basic retirement accounts. Now, in the last segment, I was talking a little bit about uh, the the IRS saying that uh, you you know basically. You've got to take your money out of your 401k, basically your, your traditional defined contribution plan, with uh, whatever that is. Uh, you've got to start taking your money out. And and ironically, if you don't start taking your withdrawals by the time you reach age 70 and a half, uh, the government is going to punish you and potentially uh, charge you an additional tax of 50%. Yeah, I didn't make that up. An additional tax of fifty percent. So, and and that includes if you make a mistake in calculating your minimum requ- or your required minimum distributions. Uh, so, again. Whether you need the money or not, they're going to make you take the money out, and you know that—that that to me is just—that just sucks. It really does. It is—it is—it is bad, bad thing, and I just—I just don't agree with it. But I don't make the rules. Congress makes the rules. So if you don't like what Congress is doing with your retirement plans, you know what? There's a little thing called a ballot box. Feel free to uh, address your concerns at the ballot. Anyway, let's get back into some of these reasons uh, why your 401k may be the worst account to have in retirement. You know, it's absolutely the worst account to leave to a surviving spouse. Now, you're thinking, well wait a minute, you know, I, I can leave that money to my spouse. I pass away, I go away, I I, I leave this planet and my spouse gets all of that money. But check this out. If you want your spouse to be financially secure, and your solution is to leave behind a big 401k or an IRA, well, you need to think twice, because you're leaving behind a fully taxable account to someone who's about to go from the lowest obligation tax status, remember, married filing jointly, to the highest obligation tax status, which is single. Okay. So it's, it's, it's literally the opposite of what you should do, but when, when did your financial planner sit you down and explain that to you I, I'm guessing you've never had that conversation I'm guessing the financial planner never bothered to address that concern to you because you know what they're trying to get you to do is they're trying to get you to sign up for you know uh, those investments because that's the most important thing to them is is once they get your money going in they can get those those fees and commissions uh, off of that money as that money churns in that account so it it, it is what it is is. And your account is fully exposed to tax law changes. Did you know that? You have a silent partner in your 401K, and his name is Uncle Sam, or as I like to address him, Uncle Sugar. Okay, And every time Congress meets, there is a chance the government could decide to increase the IRS's share of your savings. And quite frankly, you have nothing to say about it. If, if you don't think that's a problem, if you don't expect tax rates to, to increase in the future, well, I'll tell you what, take a look what's going on in, in Congress. Take a look at what's going on with our debt debt uh, that's out there. I mean, those are all things that you can look to that, you know, may actually change your mind with regards to what you're doing and that's really what I'm trying to do today folks I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to tell you what you're doing is absolutely wrong although I think it's wrong uh, I'm not trying to tell you you're, you're a bad person because at the end of the day you're not a bad person I think you're just misguided I think that you know you're, you're taking the path that society tells you to take society tells you to, to put your money into these 401ks uh, because they're a quote-unquote great deal and when you finally get to retirement uh, you start finding out you know the 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 bad news about what those retirement plans do, and you know, you like I said before, you you may end up paying more in taxes. I mean, that's that's a real deal. Um, now, another thing you should consider as a disadvantage uh, to these particular types of accounts is that those contributions follow a schedule regardless of market conditions. Did you know that? So you should never try to time the market. I mean, never, never try to do that, because the, the market does what the market does, and, and regardless what, what the president tweets uh, about the market, the market is still going to do what the market is going to do. And I'll tell you what. They do a little thing called dollar cost averaging when when you know you're you're investing in, in these types of, of plans. And the idea is that you steadily buy small amounts during market highs market lows and market plateaus, and that you'll ultimately pay less for your all of your investments than you did if you tried to buy only at the lows. That's, that's, the, that's the consensus, that's the strategy, that's the thought process behind the whole thing. But this is, this is partially based on the fact that you don't know a bottom until it is passed. Do, do you know what's going on in the stock market right now? Well, we hit an all time high. We did. Um, last week we hit an all time high. And what's going on in the stock market right now? Well, the stock market is going, you know, the opposite direction. Now I can't tell you whether this is a correction. I can't tell you whether this is gonna be, you know, a radical drop in the stock market. I can't tell you if the stock market's gonna go up. Why? I, I just don't know. And and neither do all the pundits out there. None of them know, none of them have a crystal ball that can literally predict what the market's going to do. The market's going to do what the market is going to do, okay? And keep in mind folks, most of you don't have time to watch the market or the discipline to set aside money for later purchases. I mean, that's part of the reason you're in these 401k's because they 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 dip into your your um your salary, they pull that money out, and they put it into whatever account that you know, your, your employer has decided that uh, you may invest in. That's kind of the way it works, okay? So that leads me to another disadvantage, which is you may pay more in fees. Okay, employer-sponsored retirement plans are heavily regulated, and that's—I think—that's a good thing, to be honest with you. Which means your your company can't put vesting requirements on your withheld wages, Um, but. It also means the administration of your plans comes with high fees. Remember, that's how your financial planners make their money, off those fees and commissions. They're, they're often baked into mutual fund expenses, but you may also see them as separate charges and itemized costs for, quote-unquote, administrative services. And ideally, your employer did due diligence when choosing a plan administrator. I mean, that said, smaller companies may pay higher fees since the economy of scales aren't in their favor so even though your employer thinks they're doing you a, a great, Service, they they think they're doing you a, a, a huge benefit. That may not be true. It may not be true in your case. It may not be true in your situation. Because remember, when, when you're investing in 401ks, you're in la la land, okay? You're not thinking about what the money's doing. Now, now Greg, granted, some of you do watch the, the market, okay? Some of you look to see what that, that account is doing. But at the end of the day, you're not going to do a darn thing about that account because you are stuck in the pattern that society laid out for you. And I'll tell you what, folks, when we come back from the break, yeah, I've got even more doom and gloom for you because we're going to talk a little bit about those IRAs too. And, And you know what? Those are not a wonderful place to have your money either. And we'll be back right after this. Talk 1370.
0: Welcome back to the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Now, let's get back to your map to financial freedom.
1: Welcome back to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. On today's show, I've been been kind of peeling back the onion and exposing some of the disadvantages of these uh, defined uh, Retirement plans, you know these, these 401ks, these 403bs. Um, we're going to get into the IRAs in a few minutes if I have enough time left in the show. But let me let me just go ahead and get back into some of the disadvantages of the 401ks and the 403bs. If if you make a withdrawal before the age of 59 and a half, you'll have to be paying a 10% penalty. That's right. You get to pay a 10% penalty. So basically what the government is saying is that's not your money. That's not your money until we say it's your money. And if you decide to take your money out, guess what Uncle Sam's going to do? Uncle Sam is going to penalize you 10%. So let's say you're trying to pull $100,000 out. Well, Uncle Sam is going to keep 10,000 of that money Yeah, that's the way it works. It it doesn't go to a charity. It doesn't go to some place that you think it's going to do better good. It it goes right into the general treasury account. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking. It's like, well, um, I'm not going to take any of that money out. I said, well, okay, I'll tell you what. I know plenty of Lifestyles Unlimited members that have done just that, because what they've realized is this, that money is their money. So. If they want to invest their money the way they choose to invest their money, they may have to dip into that that account and pull that money out. Now I'll tell you what: we've got vendors at Lifestyles Unlimited that that help our members um, avoid that penalty. There there are ways to do it, so it's it's another reason to become a member of Lifestyles Unlimited, just to get access to to our vendor list. and And I'll tell you, if if you're not a member and you're listening to my voice and you've been listening to my voice, you're wrong. You've, you've got to take action. I tell you, you've got to get off of the, the fence and you've got to get to our side of the playing field. Because I'll tell you what, what we do with residential income producing real estate blows away all these, these so-called retirement savings plans. And I'll tell you what, when 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 I invest in a multifamily apartment complex and that particular property starts paying me returns, it starts paying me gains and starts doing all the things that I needed to do, Um, I don't pay a 10% penalty for pulling my money back out when it's time for the money to, to be returned to me. I don't pay a penalty at all. As a matter of fact, um, what I will probably pay is a capital gains tax, which is a lot lower than my ordinary tax rate. I mean, I, I took a look at the, uh, the the capital gains rates for uh, this year, and I mean, they're anywhere from zero. Fifteen percent or twenty percent, depending on your your income structure. And you know, if you're not earning wages, so to speak, if you're taking your money in capital gains, then you know maybe you ought to sit down and do the math and figure out what actual capital gains bracket you might be in if if you weren't working, if if your money was working purely for you. You might be very surprised at, at what that is. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to make a little mental note here and write this down because that might make a, a good topic for a future show. And And to remind you, you can get a hold of me Anytime you want at askal at l u i n c dot com. That's askal at l u i n c dot com. I love getting your emails. I love reading all the the comments, uh, even even the negative comments. Uh, okay, I won't. I don't necessarily love some of the negative comments that come in, but the reality of it is, it, it allows me to get into a, a dialogue with you, and and we're able to alleviate what the negative comments are because once you hear both sides of the story, you've heard both sides of the story, and then you get to to. Decide What part of the story you're you're mostly interested in? So, let's uh, let's get to one final thing here. and, and it really does have to do with you might end up paying more in taxes. You know The, the big appeal of those 401 plans is that they act as tax shelters for your money. And as long as you leave the money untouched, you don't owe any taxes on the funds you contribute to the plan, and you don't owe any taxes on the gains. Yet, you will have to pay taxes once you retire and start making withdrawals from your account. You'll owe income tax on your contributions and on your gains. So, If you have a bigger income when you retire than, you, you made, than, than when you made contributions, you'll be in a higher tax bracket, and you're going to owe more than if you hadn't deferred your taxes. Similarly, if your tax bracket puts you in a higher tax rate than the long-term capital gains rates, again, which are zero, 15, or 20%, uh, you're going to pay more in taxes. Now not with the capital gains, but on on the withdrawal of these funds. Okay? So that being said, most people expect to earn less when they stop working since their only income will come from their investments in Social Security. But those just starting out in their careers are indeed likely to make less money now and alternately uh, people who have been saving may actually have a higher income when they retire I mean isn't that isn't that what we try and do isn't isn't it all about getting the you know getting into the corporate fight uh, getting into the the military fight I don't mean the the battleground I mean you know the posturing for position for promotions for advancement for raises for things like that you know I tell you what, it got, it got worrisome for me. I, I just, you know, and I, I think I've, I made a certain point in the military and I just said, you know what, I'm not a political guy. I'm not a ring kisser. Um, I'm just not interested in all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, when I did leave the military, I, I made more money than when I started in the real, the military. It's, it's just the way it is. And I guarantee you, most of you out there are earning more money now than when you started working. Uh, it's just, it's just the way, things naturally progress and you know you got to take a look at what these tax problems can do to your money because it can severely erode your returns when you do retire that's right i said erode your returns because when you're giving your money over to uncle sam and you know that's that's the other thing too is that these these tax deferred plans yeah they they allow you to you know put money in so called tax free but when you pull that money out you're paying taxes on that stuff you're paying taxes now there's there are some IRAs out there where you you pay the taxes up front when you invest the money uh, but but a lot of people don't like that because they don't like the fact that they're being taxed although you're going to you're going to pay me now or you're going to pay me later to quote an old commercial that I remember um, it's just the way things work. Now, in the limited time we've got left, let's see if I can get into some of the uh, drawbacks of, of traditional IRAs and, and then we can talk a little bit about uh, Roth IRAs. Um, you know, you're going to pay taxes in retirement when it comes to traditional IRAs. The money you contribute will typically go in tax free, but. Roth IRAs, by contrast, are funded with after-tax dollars, so there's no immediate tax break for contributing. The downside to getting an upfront tax break, break with a traditional IRA is that when the time comes to withdraw money in retirement your distributions will be taxed at whatever your ordinary income rate is at that point. So why is this a problem? Well, first of all, it means you'll need to know it means you'll need to worry about taxes at a time when you're not working and are more financially vulnerable. Furthermore, While we know what tax rates are like today, uh, we don't know what the future has in store. If tax rates go up across the board, you risk losing even more of your savings to the IRS it's something you really need to sit down and consider. Okay, Again, with these traditional IRAs, once you you reach the age of 70 and a half, you're required to start taking distributions from your account. The amount you'll need to withdraw each year will depend on your IRA balance at the end of the previous year. Coupled with your life expectancy at the time. And if you fail to take your required minimum distribution, that again, that's the government telling you, you what to do, you'll be assessed a 50% penalty on the amount you neglect to re- withdraw. 50%, folks. That's 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, not a good thing. The problem with required minimum distributions is really twofold. First, they automatically subject you to taxes that you otherwise avoid, okay? So imagine, for example, that if you're still working at the age of 70 and a half, God forbid you're still working at the age of 70 and a half, and therefore don't need the money from your IRA. Also, because you're working and earning a decent salary, you're already paying your fair share of taxes to begin with. To keep that in mind. So, since you have no choice but to start taking withdrawals on top of your salary, you're likely to get bumped into an even higher tax bracket. And in addition, the more you withdraw from your IRA, the less growth you'll receive on the balance crazy, isn't it? I mean, this is, why, this is why you really need to sit down and you need to take a look at these, these uh, traditional IRAs. And, and another, another consideration is this, and I'll try and get this in before we, we end the show. If you don't have access to a retirement plan through your job and your spouse doesn't have access to one either, you can deduct your entire IRA contribution from your taxes as long as you aren't age 70 and a half. Of course, your contributions will be subject to the annual limit which is currently $5,500 if you're under age 50 or 6,500 if you're age 50 or older. But as long as you meet the criteria, you can benefit from a quote-unquote tax-free contribution. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, folks real estate is the way to go. I mean, I I don't know how how else to articulate why these, these plans are not in your best interest, but they are not in your best interest. You're being fed a lie by the government. And I'll tell you what, you need to expose that lie and you need to do the right thing. And the right thing is to get a proper education in real estate investing so that you can go forth and do great things. And remember, at Lifestyles Unlimited, everything we do, it's not about the money, but it's all about the lifestyle.